Chapter Nine of Early Days of Old Oregon by Catherine Barry Judson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: An Exciting Horse Race. Cox called Mister Clark, the American partner in charge of Fort Spokane. Cox, come here. Ross Cox dropped his work and went to where Mister Clark was standing. The partner held an open letter in his hand, but he was looking out of the door with worry in his face cox a clerk a little red-headed good-natured irishman knew at once it was something about furs now this was little more than a year after alexander ross had been frightened by the skunk in the cellar during that year the astorians had built another trading post close to the spokane house of the northwest company of montreal and not far from where the city of spokane now is it was keen work between the americans and the canadians to see which could secure the greatest number of furs from the indians cox said mr clark i have a letter from farnham who has been trading in the flathead country he says he is now at the coeur d'alene river he has only a few furs now but the flathead indians following him are loaded down with beaver skins they will not sell except for tobacco and farnham has no tobacco and i suppose answered cox that the spokane house trader is right there too surely he is but he is also out of tobacco farnham says whoever gets there first with tobacco will get the furs you'll have to go at once it was eleven o'clock in the morning then cox and mr clark at once discussed the question of horses you can't reach there to-day said mr clark there isn't a horse that can travel those seventy-two miles before night cox thought for a few moments there isn't a company horse mr clark he said at last but your horse le bleu could do it now le bleu for his name was french was a beautiful horse white with bluish spots he was seven years old and a good racer in summer when the fur trade was dull the indians and fur traders used to race horses on the plains near the forts and the blue had won every race but le bleu was mr clark's own horse and a great favorite with him he hesitated but then said well take le bleu we must get those furs one whole hour was wasted in efforts to catch the blue and two other horses for the men who were to go with cox at last they were caught and saddled just at twelve o'clock off started cox with his men for the portage across the pointed heart river for pointed heart is the meaning of the coeur d'alene as the old fur traders themselves explained literally it means a heart of alls because the indians were such shrewd traders the light-hearted french canadians gave many a clever name in the pacific northwest to rivers to mountains and to indians coils of rope tobacco hung from the pommel of cox's saddle as he cantered off with his men just a few minutes ahead of a similar party which he saw starting from the nearby spokane house it was going to be nip and tuck between the rival forts for those furs it was indeed an exciting race cox on his beautiful horse sped swiftly along the hard indian trail which wound for sixty miles across the rolling plains at a distance lay the mountains dark with the evergreen forests but in the sunlight of that glorious may-day they were only a soft mass of dark blue on all sides stretched the sunlit country green with fresh tender grass and bright with shining patches of wild flowers red and blue and yellow and white 
a light soft breeze was blowing and the sky was very blue on and on cantered le bleu through the glory of the springtime on and on came cox's two men though gradually dropping behind and behind them racing over those same sunlit plains and along the same hard indian trail with tobacco coiled around the pommel of their saddles came the two canadians from spokane house they also were determined to secure those furs gradually the sun sank in the west and cox glancing back could not see the others but now the easy part of the race was over ahead of him lay ten miles through a thick forest dark because the sun had set and cox did not know the trail yet le bleu's splendid horse seemed still quite fresh so into the woods they went now even in bright sunlight the forests of the pacific northwest are dim because the great trees tower two hundred feet or more almost branchless and topped with a soft green crown that keeps out the light after sunset the forests are very dark indeed cox at first tried to guide the horse but again and again man and horse found themselves tangled in a dense undergrowth or in brushwood or trying to crowd between trees so close together the horse could not pass through again and again right in front of them lay the great trunk of some fallen tree a gloomy mass in the forest blackness they got off the trail so often that cox began to be afraid the canadians might win they knew the trail well suppose they caught up with him and even passed him while he wondered he was almost scraped off his horse by passing too close to a tree trunk a moment later a low-hanging branch of a stray poplar tree caught his head and shoulders and almost lifted him off his horse by that time cox decided that le bleu knew that trail as well as he for he did not know it at all they were quite lost so he held a loose rein and let le bleu go his own way the horse quickly found the trail and kept it on and on they went slowly plunging ahead into that dense darkness while cox wondered about the other men and the furs then suddenly out of that pitch blackness they came to the river all along the bank were the graceful tapering tepees of the indians in front of a long line of campfires the river swirled and rippled white with foam after having dashed down the rapids above it sparkled with the lights from the campfires. It was a pretty sight, the tiny campfires lighting up the darkness, gleaming in the river beyond, and making great flickering shadows to move among the tall trees. As the flames rose and fell, gigantic figures seemed to come and go among the tree trunks. Fox shouted when he saw those lights. Le Bleu lifted his drooping head and galloped up to Farnham's tent in fine style cox leaped off his horse shouted to farnham pulled off the pommel the thick twists of rope tobacco and instantly found himself the centre of a throng of indians wild for tobacco at the first sight of horsemen and tobacco they had rushed for him cox threw the tobacco to farnham and then took the saddle off the tired horse and turned the splendid fellow loose in some grass near by farnham directed the indians to bring their furs to his tent when they were safely stacked up he gave tobacco to the red men in an instant every head was lost in a cloud of blue smoke the next morning the furs were sorted over and traded for in the usual way 
Two hours after Le Breu came in, the Canadians from Spokane House galloped up the trail to that line of flickering lights along the river bank. Both they and their horses knew the way through the forest, and had kept the trail much better than Cox had, yet their horses were not so good. At midnight in came Cox's two men, and glad indeed were they to see the sparkling campfires the next day the canadians scolded the indians for selling their furs to the americans because the indians had traded with the northwest company and had known them much longer but the indians said they were a very long time hungry for a smoke and that they had a right to sell the furs to the first trader who brought them tobacco so le bleu won the race and the americans won the furs and the best of it was that the splendid horse was not injured by his hard run after a week's rest he was as fresh as ever when he went back over that trail with the fur traders and all those furs he had no rider on his back and took things quite at his leisure one might say End of chapter nine